and welcome back to Happy Stitching from Magic Hour Cross Stitch Supplies. I'm Donna. And I'm Serena. And we're a mother-daughter team that uh, are really into cross stitch. So we are uh, here today, then we ha we're going to address something that we haven't had time for for the last few episodes. And that is uh, answering some questions from people uh, that have emailed me or have uh, addressed us on the, from through our Facebook page. Some viewers just like you. That's right. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's get just get right to it. In while we're answering questions, by the way, we are continuing to work on our projects. I'm still back stitching uh, spider legs, as you, if you would know that if uh, you listened to our last podcast trying to get my uh, Halloween picture done in time for this to be turned into a trick-or-treat bag. So I'm using some uh, bright red etoile uh, floss and I'm back using it for back stitch to see how it would work. And it's working really well. You can see the little sparkles there on the, on my spider legs. I'm really happy with the result. Serena, what are you working on? Um, for those of you who have been following my saga, <laughs> I have been working on this pair of little heart hands, as I call it. Uh, just a little outline of some hearts, sort of a Mickey Mouse type shape, uh, hands, sort of a Mickey Mouse type thing with a, some red in the middle, working on some etoile. And for those of you who know, I was doing them on a 32 count linen 1 over 1, which I made a whoopsie last week and so I decided this week that I would start it again on 14 count using two strands of a toile and that this is going to be a gift not sure what I'm going to turn it into yet for my aunt okay and uh, how is that working on the 14 count now much better yeah I'm using uh, I'm still using the tapestry needle which I like because it's very exact that tiny little petite yep yeah i like those needle. too um and what tell me about that hoop you got there um it's a spring tension hoop which is good for higher counts because it's what i brought in today um it's good for the higher counts because it really grabs a hold because it's kind of the the not the spring is sort of the whole hoop and it sort of wedges in between uh the sort of wedges the fabric in between a little uh, divot in the hoop hoop and the spring so it's good for the higher counts because it holds it really tight mm -hmm. but because the fire higher counts are so fine and such thin fabric it's a little bit difficult to uh, use on the thicker fabrics so if you hear a sudden boing you know what happened <laughs> So it's good on high counts, uh, but on this 14, it's a little more difficult? It's a little more difficult to use, yeah. I see. Well, um, not use, but have it keep in place. Oh, I see. And uh, especially if you have, if you're trying to go over, uh, trying to put it through. We, we had this problem when we did the workshop. Mm -hmm. The only hoop we had was my uh, tension hoop, and you tried to do it through right. your groovy, and it kept going spoing. That's right, I remember, because the groovy was already stitched, so it was yeah. even thicker. 
Well, if you want to change, we do have a six inch hoop over here, the regular kind. Okay. So, but we are going to be talking about hoops and cue snaps and scroll frames, oh my, in a future podcast. So I appreciate the input on those spring hoops. I do enjoy using a hoop from time to time and alternating with my cue snaps. So we'll talk about that in another one. But let's get right to some questions here. You haven't had time for questions for a couple of weeks. Yeah, so uh, they're kind of piling up. We'll hope to get through a few of them today. First question is from Greg in Tacoma, Washington, and he wants to know how to pick your first color when you're starting a new pattern. So uh, that is another area where uh, personal preference comes a lot into play, but there are some guidelines that you can use to decide. So it depends on what kind of stitching you do. Some people do cross country. Uh, I'm talking about bigger patterns now. Some people do cross country, and those people, that I am one of them, uh, start generally in the middle. And other people do a parking method, and they start page by page, uh, usually in the upper left or, or bottom corner, in a corner anyway. And so you're color choice would depend on where you want to start. Well, what kind of stitching do you do, Serena? Um, you start in the middle? I, when you, when I do bigger projects, I start in the middle, but when I do like smaller projects like this one, I tend to start in a corner. I like starting in a corner. It's an old habit, but it kind of dies hard with me. Hmm. From when you stitched on plastic canvas when you were little? Uh, no, from when I stitched on 14 count plastic canvas to make those magnets I talked about last week. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. Okay, so how to pick your first color. Uh, I, as a cross-country stitcher, I like to start in the center. Cross-country is ju just means that I uh, don't do uh, page by page. I usually generally, uh, the big picture, I use a start in the center and work my way out. Mm -hmm. So my first color is usually whatever is the color in the center. Well, what if that color is a background color? You can't do background first without a madness. Or sometimes there's no stitch there. Right. So, um, or it's like a fractional or something. You don't really want to start with a fractional. I, I like to do the those, um, well, just to give it some structure. So, okay, first, what's cross-country stitching? That's when I, for me, I like to do a color at a time. So I will uh, use two, a two-highlighter method on my pattern, and I'll take my yellow highlighter, and I find what, what is the stitch in the very center. We'll assume at first that we, there is one, and I will highlight that one and mark which one is the center because it's easy to lose it in the crowd if there are lots of that color around. And then uh, I will highlight all the stitches in that color that are uh, not too far, far scattered. So if there are like way out there, there's some uh, few, then I would leave those. But all the, the main patches or areas that have that color, I would highlight those stitches. And I would do all of those stitches at one go. So I often have uh, three or four needles all threaded up and ready to go at, at the same time. Because once I get stitching, I like to just stitch. I don't like the distraction of having to change threads and stuff. So I just uh, thread up a bunch of needles at a time. 
And so I will work, start with the center and work my way out. At the very beginning for cross country stitching, uh, it's very important to count correctly because if you get out of uh, count on at the beginning, the whole thing's gonna be out. Mm -hmm. And that's why gridding is really helpful, particularly for cross country. But we'll talk about that next week. And again, that's another subject for another podcast, right? So I will. Uh, so then I would just do all of those stitches, and then uh, as I go, I highlight those stitches with the pink highlighter to show which ones are stitched and which ones are not. So the not ones would be yellow, and the pink stitched ones would be pink, or orange actually, and that works really well for me. Uh, and then. I move on to another color that's some somewhere in the same vicinity so that I can use those stitches and the grid lines to reference where to place my next stitches and then I just go on like that and I find that really helpful. It's not foolproof of course there are no foolproof methods of never making a mistake for cross stitching. Every cross stitcher makes mistakes so the trick is to catch them as soon as possible and uh, be able to uh, correct mistakes as they happen. Mm -hmm. So gridding, that's an, another advantage of gridding is that it helps you catch mistakes quickly. Can you put those scissors in the middle? Cause Where did your scissors go? They're here, but they're terrible. Oh, those little ones. Yeah, those are ancient. Yes, they are. Yeah. And they've been used to cut like plastic and stuff. <laughs> they're just little snips from the dollar shop. No, they're from Fabricland, but... Are they? They're, they're like, eight years old. Yeah, they're pretty old. We have better scissors. I don't know why we keep using terrible ones, but that's just what happens. I've got the good ones put away for cutting fabric, that's why. Anyway, so uh, that is how I pick my first color. Now, Serena, you said you start in a corner or in some other area, so how do you pick your first color? Um... Well, I pick whatever color is close to that corner. And uh, which corner do you decide? Does uh, it, it just depend on the picture? It, it's usually either the left, upper, or lower corner. Oh, okay. Depends whatever's closest to the edge. Oh, so you like to stitch left to right kind yes. of thing? Yes. Huh. I, I actually do have a preference, too. I like to go top to bottom whenever possible. But, you know, sometimes just go bottom to top, but it doesn't really matter. Well, it's easier for me to go left to right because I tend to hold my project upside down. Oh, I do that too if I'm back stitching or something. That no, I'm not back stitching, just all the time. <laughs> really? Yeah. Hmm. That, that's, uh... I know, it's really weird. Well, I wasn't going to say really weird, but, you know, if you say it, it's okay. <laughs> Well, I, uh, everybody's got their own ways, right? There's as many different ways to stitch as there are stitchers. So that's the, the fun part of being a stitcher. And so you don't have to be the same as everybody else. Which is a good thing, because we're not. Okay, if that, uh, that about covers it. I'm sure there are other ways of knowing what, what color to pick first. And if you're a parker instead of a cross countryer then you might have a different method. You'd probably just start in the uh, whatever corner that you like. And um, I, I don't do park parking, so I'm not really familiar with it. But I know that you 
do a, like pick a 10 patch or a 20 square patch and you do all the colors of that thread in that patch and then you know you, you park that thread and move on to the next so it's a, a pretty much totally different method of stitching and we can explore that maybe in a video because it really needs a visual um, to explain how that works and that'll be uh, a future project for us to do okay let's move on to another question Serena would you like to read this one uh, this is from Judy from Devon Alberta and it says how to select a fabric Okay, how do you select the fabric? Well, uh, how do you select your fabric, Serena? With your help. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very good at math or counting, so I say what fabric works for this. I tend to use hand dyes, so I usually pick whatever colors go with the fabric and whatever is big enough for my fabric. Big enough or small enough, depending on the fabric. Oh, so... So whatever is available, basically. Yeah, basically. So, but if you were doing a bigger, more complex, uh, more involved project, you might want to put a little more thought into your fabric. Yeah, like the uh, rolling mat. Not. Oh right. For dice, don't worry for dice. <laughs> um, the rolling mat project. I went through several iterations of what fabric to use for that. That's right. Why don't you tell? tell our listeners what you're talking about well um i found a pattern on pinterest and then bought it on etsy as you're supposed to do and um what is this rolling mat it's for dice for when you play dungeons and dragons you can it'll have a cord around the outside so your dice don't fall everywhere mm -hmm. and the picture it's two dragons in a d20, that's a 20-sided dice, yes, I have those, and underneath it says Carpe Diem, like the letters DM, which stands for Dungeon Master. And that's going to be for? My sister. It was supposed to be a birthday present, now we'll just give it to her whenever it's done. Right. Uh, so when uh, okay, Serena's sister comes to visit, she lives in Toronto, we live in Niagara, when she comes to visit, we do play Dungeons and & Dragons, and, and Okami is our Dungeon Master, so that was why we, uh, Serena picked that project. That, it's a very cool project, and we picked, uh, tell about the fabric that you're stitching on. I'm stitching on a hand-dyed 14 count, mm -hmm. so it's large enough, mm -hmm. and it's kind of a uh, fire type. Mm hmm fire look so we had to change the color of the dragons because mm -hmm. one of them was like a brown I think mm -hmm. I don't remember so we yeah, changed it to green so it's kind of a Lord of the Rings reference sort of a green dragon, green dragon right uh, that and that sounds perfect that's gonna be so cool when that's done when it's eventually finished oh it will be it will be you, I know you, you got caught up with other stuff and that's what happens that's how people end up with 50 projects on the go but anyway, it does bring up a good point of how do you know what fabric to pick. And one of the first things that you have to decide is you look at the pattern and you get the stitch count. There will be a recommendation for your fabric, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have to, you have to do that fabric. 
the main thing that the first question I should say that you have to answer is how big do you want your finished project and what are you going to do with it and what are you going to do with it so in this case it's going to be a used thing so it's not just going to be framed and sit on the wall it's going to be actually in use so you want a, a fabric that will be uh, quite sturdy because she'll be rolling it up and taking it over to her friend's house and such so uh, a 14 count is a good choice for that and we had some good sturdy 14s in stock so we used uh, one of those so the count of your fabric is the main uh, parameter you might say that decides the, the size of your finished project so if you have uh, say a hundred by a hundred stitch pattern that's not that big. That's that's mid or small size. Really small. Yeah. We have different versions of the word small. I guess we do. Uh, then on a 32 count, it's going to be very tiny. On a 14 count, it'll be quite large. So a 14 count um, a, a, means that it has 14 stitches per inch. So a uh, 100 uh, square pattern would be 100 divided by 14, which I didn't calculate ahead of time, but it's roughly 6.5. So your project will come out about 6.5 inches square. But on, say, 28 count, it's only going to be like 4 inches square, a little bit smaller, a little smaller than 4 inches. So it makes a huge difference. Now, you have to keep in mind, though, that if you're going to stitch over two, then a 28 count would yield the same size pattern as a 14 count, because you're using the stitches, uh, you're doing two stitches for every, uh, two threads for every stitch. So you're, uh, it comes out to be the same as 14 count if you're using a 28 count over two. And the same with 32 count, if you're putting it over 2, then you do your calculations for a 16 count. So that's the first thing you have to think about. What size do you want your finished project to be? Once you decide that, then you can uh, look at your fabric options. So uh, an Ada is a really nice all-purpose fabric, especially if you're going to be doing like a full coverage or almost full coverage or if you're using a hand dyed. So uh, my own personal preference is I don't like, uh, on, especially on the 14 count, the background, unstitched background, if it's just a plain white, it looks quite um, textured. So if I'm going to, going to frame that picture, uh, I would want to cover up the empty white. So either with make, getting a hand-dyed fabric to make it a really beautiful background or even a solid color even. Or I would choose a finer fabric like Lugana or linen. And we can get the same stitch calculations, uh, the same sized finished project as we talked about a minute ago uh, with the Luganas and linens just by stitching over two. So you have flexibility in how big your project is, and you have the, the fine fabric background on the unstitched portions. 
If it's full coverage, that doesn't really matter, but you could still choose any kind of fabric that you like and um, just cal calculate it out with number of stitches and um, divide by the count. So uh, that is how you select fabric. You decide how big your project, how big of a project you want to want it to be and what it's going to be when it's finished. So if it's going to hang on the wall, you'll want a finer fabric. If it's going to be in use, then you might want a sturdier fabric. But you could also, you can still make a pillow out of a Lugana or a linen, you, you know, whatever Just you want to do. very carefully. Uh, not only carefully, but it helps to put the interfacing on the back, the iron-on interfacing when you're finished. We uh, talked about that last week, too. Yes, we did. We touched on that. And uh, when I finish this picture and I get to turn it into the trick-or-treat bag, we can walk through that with me as I do that. That'll be fun. And uh, so, Greg, I hope that, oh, sorry, that was Judy. Yes. Judy, I hope that answers your question about how to choose your fabric. Uh, so, okay, let's move on to the next question. Uh, but first, Serena, do you have a preference in what fabric that you like to use? I like higher counts. Of what? Fabric. Of linen or Lugana? I've never stitched on the Lugana. I want to, hmm. but I never have before. Okay. Well, I've done the linen, and I've done Ada. I've done hand-dyed Ada, but never Lugana. Okay. Well, we'll have to get you a piece of Lugana to try out. We have tons of little scraps and pieces around, so you could uh, just pick one and try out, try it out for your size, see how you like it. Uh, I like Lugana. I've stitched on all three of those uh, main kinds of cross-stitch fabrics. And I, I like all of them. I'm probably not that, as big a fan of linen as I am of the others. Uh, just what did you stitch on linen? Uh, I was stitching the... Um, I was doing that Irish Celtic cross right. on linen. On black linen. Uh, no, it was kind of a natural brown linen. Why do I keep thinking it was black linen? I don't know. It's not black. I don't think I've stitched on black linen. But I I like linen for the appearance of the finished project, but I find it harder to, to find the holes. Now, that it is could just be hard to find the holes. It is. Uh, but it's probably just a case of getting used to it, and I can certainly see why... People who love linen, love linen. But I also really like the Lugana because uh, it does have a very fine appearance when on the finished project, on the unstitched parts. But the holes are much bigger, aren't they? The holes are, are much bigger and it's uh, they're more evenly spaced. Right. So you don't have the slubs and stuff that you see in the linen. So uh, I find it easier to stitch on. Mm -hmm. uh, I have had people say that they they didn't like the Lugana because the it wasn't uh, a, a sturdy fabric, like the edges frayed and the yeah. threads moved around and like that. But I think that would uh, also be something that you just get used to. I've never found that with Lugana. Really? No, I haven't had any trouble sewing on it, and I like it. But I think. My favorite is still Ada. I really like Ada. It's a simple, straightforward kind of uh, fabric. 
and I uh, just you know I can pick it up anytime it comes in so many gorgeous colors it does we just got in some nice pink and yellow recently that's right we did and that ice blue is so pretty it's a very pale blue but it's really lovely I could see why they call it ice blue it does make me feel cold just looking at it but it does have so many colors that we, we also got in I, did I tell you that we got our confederation gray Really? And our celadon. So we have, we're expanding our color range for our shop. And it's all, it's they're all so pretty. And uh, it's, Ada is just so simple to use. Mm -hmm. But I, I haven't done a lot of like really fancy, um, complicated, detailed designs lately. I've done quite a few simple, straightforward types. So um, that sampler wasn't straightforward. Which one? The sampler. Oh yeah, the sampler. That was good. I really enjoyed that. That was twenty-eight count Monaco over one. Uh, that was the uh, mystery sampler that went around. Yeah, I did the two thousand seventeen one, and it was my very first sampler. So I sampler is one a kind that I have done a lot of, but now I really like them. So I would definitely do more of those. Uh, it was just a really big one. So I did it over 28 count, 28 count over one, because it, if I'd chosen an, an Ada, even an 18 count Ada, it would have been like five feet long. <laughs> and then I wouldn't be able to afford to, to frame it. So I got uh, the 28 count, so it brought it down to a size that I could manage. And I uh, found a night, really nice frame and everything. I just haven't got around to the framing. Mm -hmm. So maybe I'll do that for myself for Christmas. Yeah, that would be a good thing for me to do. Uh, anyway, so I hope that answers the question of uh, how to select a fabric. We talked about that already. Now we're on to a new, a new uh, question. This one is from Cindy in Rochester, New York. And Cindy wants to know, how do I know how much fabric I need? So it's kind of a related question, and that's a very good question, Cindy. So first you have to answer the other questions from uh, Judy about uh, uh, how to select a fabric. So you first have to answer what kind of fabric are you going to stitch on. So once you have that, then you can do your calculations of how much fabric that you need. So you need to find the information of so you can uh, when i say calculate don't get afraid of that it's a very simple little equation i'm already terrified you don't have to be sweetie that's why i'm here i do your calculations for you but it is pretty easy for those who are not number challenged and here's how you do it you get your design size so write write down the width number and the height number. So you need to figure out both. Then you divide that. Which it, shouldn't that say on the pattern? It will definitely say on the pattern. It'll say either uh, design area or stitch count or something like that. You don't have to go by their recommendation on the pattern. It may be right, but then you're stuck with the, the fabric and count that they also recommend. So if you want to make your own decisions in that regard, then this it's still easy to figure out what how much fabric you need. 
So you need the stitch count or design size uh, in the two directions. And if, it, if some patterns don't have that somewhere clear, but you can always just look at the pattern and count. Uh, they usually written out the numbers uh, of columns and that are written That's there. Well. Just look and see how big your pattern is. Write down the numbers. Okay, now you take each of those, say we'll start with the width. You take the width, say it's um, 320 stitches across. You divide that by your the count of your fabric. So if you're stitching on 32 count fabric, 320 stitches will be 10 inches. If you're stitching on 32 count over two, then that would be the same as 16 count because you're, use, you're uh, using up two of the threads per stitch. So it makes it the same as 16 count. That would be 20 inches. Or if you're just using a 16 count ADA, it, you'd need 20 inches. That's the width. And you'd just do the same calculation for the height. Now, a 14 count will be a little bit bigger than that. And if you're using a very fine linen, like a 40, what is it, 48 count or something? 40 count. 40 count, it would be a little bit smaller, the finished project, I mean. So you count, divide your design size number by the count of your fabric and uh, round up. It's, uh, it's not usually an exact number, so just round up. And then you have to consider what is your margin going to be. That would be the unstitched part of your fabric around the design size. So you need that part for the framer to be able to uh, stretch your fabric as you frame, as he's frame, he or she is framing it. So you need uh, usually three inches is recommended. You can get a, get by with less, but three inches is comfortable. Some people prefer the four inches. You just have to decide which one, and that whichever way you like to go is fine. But add it on both sides. So if you have a three inch margin on a ten inch. Uh, uh, you need 10 inches of fabric for the design, you want a 3 inch margin, you have to add 6 inches. So you have 3 inches on each side. Otherwise you're going to end up with only an uh, inch and a half margin. That makes it more difficult for the framing. So now you've got a 16 inch piece of fabric wide according to your calculations of your design. So I hope that helps you uh, figure out uh, your, how much fabric you need. And if you need help with that, please feel free to contact me. I'm happy to uh, help you walk, walk you through that calculation uh, and help you find the, the perfect piece of fabric for your project. I love doing that. That's my, like my, one of my favorite things. So please feel free to contact me and we'll go over that contact information again at the end which uh, is coming up right away so uh, you can email me at donna at magichourcrossstitchsupplies.com and you can find me on facebook too at, ma at facebook.com slash magichourcrossstitch and remember to uh, check out our website i would love to see you there it's magichourcrossstitchsupplies.com <laughs>
thank you for joining us and I hope you'll join us again at where we'll answer some more questions and have some other interesting topics to, to discuss while we stitch away at our own projects. So uh, thanks for joining us and we'll talk to you again later. I'm Donna. I'm Serena. Happy stitching!